Hello, and welcome to the Powerful Personal Brand Podcast. I am your host, Claire Bond, and on today's episode, I am very excited to be joined by Kristen Marquet. Kristen has been a publicist and business owner for almost two decades. As the owner and creative director for Marquet Media, LLC, Kristen oversees the daily operations of the business while executing client campaigns. Throughout her career as a publicist, Kristen has developed partnerships with leading brands and entrepreneurs. Kristen, thank you so much for being here. I'm very excited to kind of talk about personal branding and 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 PR and how they kind of meld together. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah. I am looking forward to this conversation. So, I mean, let's just talk about how important is your personal brand to getting press? Well, it's the cornerstone of any publicity campaign. If you don't have a website, if you don't have your social media channels, if you don't have your brand narrative, your, your bio, I mean, these fundamental things that need to be available for not just Mm -hmm. media, but for customers, potential customers, you're not going to be able to launch any type of visibility campaign, whether it's publicity, social paid, you know, so really having a solid personal brand is the foundation of launching any business, especially today in, mm-hmm. you know, the digital ecosphere. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of crazy. Cause I mean, there's still some people that are kind of uh, resistant or they're like, well, I, I'm known, I, I have enough business coming in or whatever it is. I don't really need a personal brand. People know me. What do you say for someone like that? Well, I say, you know, that's all well and good that you have a full pipeline of clients. But if you're looking to build your thought leadership or if you want to get featured a local NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox affiliate, you have to have the fundamentals in place before you can execute anything like that. So I tell them, you know what? We need to get your website. We need to draft all of your media materials. We, I mean, as stupid as it sounds, a press kit is critical to educating the media on who you are, what you offer, what your unique selling proposition is, and all Mm -hmm. the other things that fall under branding. So Mm -hmm. it, it, it really is, I tell potential clients, you know, if you want to embark upon this, a publicity journey, you really need to have your personal brand. You need to have your online brand set. You know, you don't have to have hundreds of thousands of followers on social, but you need to have Mm -hmm. some type of online footprint to show that you're credible. Right. Well, so, so say someone has nothing, but I mean, they obviously have expertise and things like that, but they don't really have anything online yet. So they built their, they've built their online presence and they have just started. How long would you estimate that it will take someone to, to get their first kind of press feature? Um, you know, uh, in the digital world, it could be within a week, you know, I've actually Mm. had stories, you know, that I pitched at 8am on a Monday, and the stories come out at 5pm that same day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Podcasts can be really short turnaround television can be as well print usually run three to six months in advance. But um, if you're working with digital media or bloggers or influencers or anything like that, it could be Mm -hmm. almost immediate. Um, So I would say that if you are looking to get 
you know, quoted Forbes.com or some type of feature in Thrive Global, um, you need to have your media bio, your talking points, and also your company's boilerplate. I mean, these are mm-hmm. th- these are very basic items that a lot of companies are missing um, mm-hmm. because they've never had to <clears throat> outwardly market themselves. Yeah, um, and I think that that is just. Yeah, I just think it's, you know, they're so busy working in their business, they can't work on their business. And I have a great right. example of that. For instance, yeah. you know, I'm putting an addition on my house. I'm we're pretty much rebuilding that side of the house from the ground up. And when uh-huh. my husband and I were looking for cabinet makers, um, we interviewed a bunch of companies, we looked at a bunch of companies, and we liked one family-owned business. And three different times, the, the president of the company told us, we don't do any marketing because we have a full pipeline of referrals coming in. And I thought to myself, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, it's great to have, you know, eight projects that you have planned out. But what mm-hmm. happens if some of those clients end up falling through? What right. are you going to end up doing? So, mm-hmm. You know, uh, using that example of not having a website and your social media and any type of outward marketing materials ready to grow Mm -hmm. or your personal brand, um, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to leverage it to get any type of media coverage. All right. Well, so I want to go back because you you mentioned that like, you know, some person that just started their personal brand and they're in a crowded field. They could be like, I could get press in a week. I don't believe that's a realistic thing, especially mm-hmm. if you're in a super crowded field. If no one knows you, they're going to go to an ex, uh, someone that they know. Mm-hmm. That's my, been my experience in that you have to have baby steps and it gets better over time. But if you're in a super crowded field and you are just hitting the ground, it is not realistic to think that you would kind of like you know, step over somebody else that has like tons of press is super known, has a big following. They're going to get the press before you. That's been my experience. Yeah. And you know what? There's a very good chance of that, but it's not, uh, I would say maybe that would happen 75% of the time, but 25% of the time, as long as a newbie knows what makes them newsworthy, incredible, which we can talk about the two most important parts of any publicity campaign they're going mm-hmm. to be able to craft a very concise, succinct narrative and send it out yeah. to the right person and hopefully end up getting some type of response from them. Yeah. Well, so I was, I was going to say, I think that that's one of the big key things is really crafting the story. Because if you sound like everybody else, if everyone else is the same, you're going to go to the person that looks best on paper or mm-hmm. online, right? They yep. have better photos, a better website, better credentials, better whatever it is. And so you have to, so I agree. So make yourself stand out. Um, I find sometimes people are like, this is my area of expertise, but I want to be known for this thing way over here. And I don't want you to talk about this. I want you to talk about this. And you're like, Mm. okay, well, that's the crowded field where you have no expertise. Right. What do you, so, so, so I guess my question was more that person for that person who doesn't have the expertise in that yet. Like they kind of have it, but not really as dialed in as this other area of their life, right? They're, they're, they're nine to five job and they want to make this, this, you know, go into a side hustle sort of thing. So what do you say for those people? So you're going to be doing that, but like, what would a realistic kind of 
timeline look or look like to get press for this other thing. Um, if you really have no experience, you're starting out from scratch Yeah, and I mean, it's a competitive could, field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that could be okay. months on end. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, if you're looking to a pivot, if you're looking to pivot to an industry that you don't have any notoriety in, any experience in, you're just interested in it. Yeah. I mean, that can take months, but okay. if you're somebody that is, a, you know, has been in business for a decade and yeah. you haven't done any outward marketing, right? Right. But you have expertise and you have case studies um, yeah. and you're ready to execute a publicity campaign, then it, you can get coverage within, like I said, within a day, depending on, yeah. you know, depending on what's happening in the news cycle, yeah. right? Too. I agree. We have clients that, that like literally had, had no online presence, but were like absolutely amazing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you put the LA presence and you're like, they're here. They're ready to accept, you know, your podcast. And it, it's been like insane. We literally had to like stop pitching. Cause we we're like, yeah, she has too many. She has mm-hmm. not enough to like this particular, what had not enough time. And so it was just because she didn't put the effort out there. We've had a few clients like that, this one in particular that we're dealing with right now, but yeah. So I'm glad we got, got like, I, I formed the question correctly because now we're kind of saying it the right way. So you have great experience and people do know you in your industry, but you haven't really, you know, built your online presence. Yes. Yes. You can probably get pressed pretty quickly, but if you are, yeah, I like that. If you're getting this, doing this pivot to something completely different in a crowded field, I feel like a lot of people, they're like, I want to be known for leadership. You're like, yeah, so does everybody else. Right. It's like such a crowded field. Right. And it's like, well, what type of leadership? What makes you yeah. unique? Do you have a framework? Have you consulted right. with Fortune 500 companies? Do you have a book? Yeah. You know, have you done any TEDx talks? You know, all yeah. of these credibility markers. I think that for the experienced experience business owner, you know, that hasn't outwardly marketed themselves, the coverage can come very quickly. Mm-hmm. But somebody that has mm-hmm. no experience and is pivoting to something that's completely different, not even in an adjacent, adjacent field, but that's completely, you know, in outer space, mm-hmm. it's going to, you know, it would take months. This is what we're here for. We're trying to be realistic with people so they get like a, they, they understand like really what they're up against. Cause I think that that's kind of the most important thing. Sometimes people think that marketing and PR are these like magic things and they just hire these magic people to make magic happen. Yeah. Like can't, do that. It's gotta, it's gotta be, you know, gotta work together to make mm-hmm. that happen. Absolutely. Have realistic I, goals. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. You know, and that's, uh, that's the other thing, you know, I mean, the, the PR industry on a whole, you know, is largely broken um, mm. because a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of agencies too, in my experience, I don't do this. My team doesn't do this. I would never allow it, but they spray and pray. They try to, you know, they send one pitch out to 5,000 different media, hoping Mm -hmm. that something is going to stick. That Mm -hmm. does not work. You know, Mm -hmm. in the nearly two decades I've been doing this, you know, strategic, targeted, short pitches Mm -hmm. and taking time out of your schedule to build relationships with these journalists, really the only way to build any type of sustainable publicity Mm. campaign that actually generates results. I mean, we get so many pitches to be like on this podcast. And so much of the time it's just like, Oh, you know, 
insert name here, insert podcast name here. You know, so we just kind of go next, 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 mm -hmm. next. Um, yeah. Unless somebody really says, okay, I understand what your podcast is about or whatever it is, whatever the journalist is doing. I understand what you do and here's how I can help you. Here's how I can make your, you know, I want to be there and I want to kind of meet you where you are instead of like you meet me where I am. You mm -hmm. ask me the questions that are on my targeted list instead of, hey, here's what, how I can formulate what I know to be what you need. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, this isn't rocket science. You know, we're not curing yeah. cancer here. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, your job, whether you're a founder that's doing your own PR, or you are a publicist working for an agency or in-house, your job mm -hmm. is to make the media professional's life easier. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're mm -hmm. there to give them stories that they could potentially use. Makes their mm -hmm. job easier. It makes your client happy, or your boss happy, or yourself happy if you're doing it on your behalf. Give, give you a scenario. Like you have somebody that do, hasn't done any, so they have not marketed themselves, but they've, they've decided to create a book and they want you to publicize their book. What does that kind of like timeline look like? Is it kind of some of the same steps where we said it takes a little bit longer? Like what would that look like? Do yeah. you have to have your, your foundation built? I generally, you know, we do work with a lot of authors. I mean, probably throughout the last 10 years, I've probably launched, launched 1500 books and wow. Primarily nonfiction, um, mm -hmm. but we won't work with anybody that doesn't have their pretty much their funnel in place and mm -hmm. their personal brand together because you're not going to be able to send potential readers anywhere. You're not going to be able to send potential yeah. media anywhere. And a lot of the times they're like, all right, well, can we hire you to do the website and branding? And I'm like, yeah, but you know, th this is a longer term, you know, game. I mean, building out mm -hmm. a website, uh, overall messaging, brand identity. I mean, that can take six months. So mm -hmm. if somebody has zero, has mm -hmm. nothing, right. But they wrote a book, I would say probably three to six months to build out the brand identity. Then you're going to have to develop an art list, okay, an advanced reader team of 100 people three months before the book is released because you want to get Amazon reviews. You want to actually try mm. and become an Amazon bestseller, right? And any other bestseller mm -hmm. lists that you can. Uh, and then for long lead media, you know, they work three to six months in advance. So, I mean, mm -hmm. that could be a timeline, could be a year before, mm. you know, launching a book, um, and actually mm -hmm. using it to build a business or get somebody, some really high level national press, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just kind of, it can't be an afterthought marketing yeah. and launching a book can't be an afterthought because you're not going to achieve anything. Well, and so, cause you're talking about building out your brand identity, but I'm, I, part of that I'm assuming you're saying is like also creating content and putting mm -hmm. social media out there and having an online presence. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Absolutely. I, yeah. And you can't, in, in my experiences, a lot of times, cause they, again, they really want to sell this book and you're like, no, 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 you need to step back from that mm -hmm. and you need to just go out there and create content that people want and then sell your book. 
Do you agree with that? I do. I do. Yeah. But you know what? You're never going to get rich off selling a book. You just aren't. <laughs> oh, <damn it. laughs> no, not unless, you know, not unless you're, you know, Rachel Hollis or Gabby Bernstein, yeah. it's not okay. going to happen. Um, okay. you know, I think my second book I co-wrote with somebody that grew up in Hollywood, very well known. And I think yeah. that we sold like 4,000 copies. Wow. Made pretty much nothing off of it, but it opened up a realm of possibilities media wise. Okay. Well, so, let's talk about that because a lot of people are like, I want to, I want to write a book, but now you've said you're not going to make any money. So now what are they? They're like, okay, well that's so, so you want to use it to, you want to leverage the book to try and get any type of media coverage, speaking mm-hmm. engagements, but also use it as a way to grow your business, get clients, mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I I mean, a book today is really the new business card. If you haven't written Mm. a book in your service provider, it's kind of like, you know, people kind of question, um, in my experience, you know, Mm. um, working with all different types of service providers and founders and, Mm -hmm. you know, over the last 20 years. So, but if you have something that's unique, you have a unique type of framework that you use in your business, or you have something that you develop that's patented and you want to write about that. Um, there mm-hmm. are plenty of ways that you can use the book to grow your business. It's just, you're not mm-hmm. going to get rich off the book. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's a misnomer that a lot of new or first time authors have, especially when they come to me, they're like, Kristen, you know, I want to sell 50,000 copies of my book. I'm like, that's great. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I want to, you know, the fame and fortune that comes along with being an author. I'm like, yeah. Reality check doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, I, so I haven't written a book and I'm pretty successful service provider. So I will say I, you know, you don't need to write a book. I will, I will, I will counter you on that one, Kristen. But I, but I do think that you need to create a lot of content. I have the podcast. I have a YouTube channel. I have mm-hmm. a blog. I have a lot of content out there and there's a lot of things written. I have a YouTube, yep. you know, uh, newsletters and tons of things out there. We do plan on writing a book, but I feel, I feel like a book is a little old school, especially with all of the media stuff out there that you have that you can do right now. Mm-mm, it's not. No, it's not at it's all. Not. Um, okay. But just, I want to, walk back what you said, kind of not okay. having your book, but you have yeah. a pod, you know, yeah. and you are consistently, like you said, producing content. So right. you have the visibility that a book could potentially bring you. And I think that Got if it. you were okay. to write something, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, your own experiences running your agency or uh-huh. writing a book on podcasting, personal, whatever it is, yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. would round out your brand and product suite. But We're like because- always socking stuff away to, for the book, my co-founder mm-hmm. and I. So it's in the works. It just hasn't been like officially done yet. But, mm-hmm. So it's in the works. <laughs> so, but, you know, because you have the pod and then you have yeah. these other media ways that you disseminate content, right? um, you know, I think is, is obviously really good for your brand. For me, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't have time for a podcast. Like I just don't, you know, I mean, maybe at some point I will, 
Um, but for me, it's Pinterest, Instagram, a massive email list of hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of people through some founder and, you know, my agency and my books. So that mm-hmm. rounds out my brand, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a pod is missing. I just, there's mm-hmm. only, you know, there are only so many, there's only hours so many hours. <laughs> I completely understand. So, well, so what's interesting, and I want to talk to you, I feel like we're going into the book things, but since you know it, and um, I had some, a client that came and he was doing coaching with me and he really wanted to do a book. And I'm like, you have no following, you have nothing. Let's, let's go back. Let's just start creating content. Go do a podcast for a while. Mm-hmm. Then get your book. Because another thing that I've heard, somebody else that has social media, um, he's been doing a lot of stuff, speaking engagements, he's in Australia, but he's been told that he needs at least 50,000 engaged followers to even be picked up by, um, you know, a, a major publisher. Do you agree uh, with that? Um, that's actually kind of a low bar. Um, oh, okay. you know, I, I think getting picked up by a publisher, you know, you, probably have to maybe have more, maybe closer to mm. a half a million or a million. Wow. Oh, um, wow. and you have okay. to have some type of online presence, self-publishing, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot easier for a first time okay. publisher that has yeah. no notoriety or very little notoriety, um, build brand awareness, build the personal brand, and then use mm-hmm. that, use the personal brand and the book to get some media coverage. And then hopefully, you know, once he has a large enough audience, then he Mm -hmm. can attract the interest of a traditional publisher, but traditional publishing is, you know, it's, I didn't realize the bar was that high because he mentioned it was 50,000. And so, so basically it's different, but the U S it's, you know, cause everybody's trying to be something, do something. (laughs) I was saying the same. Uh, So, so basically what I'm getting from you is that, you either, you need an online presence or you need to self-publish a book, something you need to do something to really solidify your expertise. Mm-hmm. And it can't just be like tweeting. Oh yeah. No, no. I mean, okay. tweeting is fun and Twitter is <laughs> great to connect with journalists, Yeah, you know, and you know, build those relationships. I mean, there really yeah. is no barrier to entry there, but um, yeah, you need to have some type of package to show who you are and why a media outlet should talk to you or cover your product over somebody else. And that's where it comes to crafting a unique narrative. Yeah. I I was actually somebody else um, I was private coaching with and she is a makeup artist and had a huge following on TikTok. And I told her that she needed to diversify. She needed to be omnichannel, not just on TikTok, you know, like, mm-hmm. like go to YouTube and things like that. And she was like, isn't YouTube dead? I'm like, it's owned by Google. No, it's not dead. So many ways to get your information out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely, I mean, do you agree in the omnichannel approach? Like, don't just get a book. Don't just no, do I, tweeting, like you said. Yeah, like, yeah, no, okay. I absolutely agree. Um, I okay. think that for the, the newbie, you know, trying to be all these places initially, I think it could be overwhelming. So my suggestion mm-hmm. would be to start with one place. And then once you've yeah. mastered that, then kind of build out, but you, you know, obviously you have to find out where your audience hangs out. You know, right. um, my yeah. audience isn't on TikTok. Like I just, they, me neither. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I do have a I do have a client who's in her sixties who's a career coach, and she has a massive following on TikTok. I mean, we Crazy. manage all her stuff. Um, wow! But she she pulls a lot of her clientele from there, even though mm-hmm. it's skews so much younger. Yeah. Really interesting. That's crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, if it, if we can, I feel like the algorithms are a little, they're different and they favor your just regular person more than some of the, you know, Instagram, um, and you know, LinkedIn, things like that. Like those, you need a boost and all these other things because right. they're like, yeah, we can make money off this. I mean, I think the TikTok will move that way, but right. Cause everyone always wants, to make money off, off of uh, people. Mm-hmm. But yes. well, so let's, I want to talk to you about the, like the, just the state of you've been doing PR for many years. <laughs> How have things changed? Oh. What's the current state of what, what are the, what's the current state of PR? Um, you know, uh, I, I mean the, the industry, you know, it's kind of nuanced based on what industry you serve. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the industry, like I mentioned before, is largely broken because mm-hmm. a lot of these people that are in the trenches don't understand the power of pitching one-to-one or pitching on a very mm-hmm. small scale and being very strategic and smart and really focusing on quality, not quantity. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. Another thing is from the the agency and actually from the company side, actually trying to get buy-in and approval from senior management that PR and PR tools are necessary, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I think PR people have been struggling with uh, because usually that's the first piece of a budget to get cut, right? Especially during Mm -hmm. a recession. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the other thing is a lot of business owners, and I think a lot of PR people also too, even the younger ones, kind of the whole gamut, they don't understand how influencer marketing works and how mm-hmm. it, it, how an influencer marketing campaign will can align with a publicity campaign as long as the objectives and the messaging structures, the nomenclatures of both are very woven tightly together. Um, mm-hmm. And... To talk right, so about. can we talk about that? Like, yeah. wh- what do you mean by that exactly? Like if you're launching, <laughs> uh, launching something, a book or a product, is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. Okay. So okay. a book or a product, I mean, it could actually even be a SaaS product. I mean, it could be something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it could be an attorney, you know, who's opening mm-hmm. a law firm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you find the right influencers to endorse whatever it is you're doing, generally micro influencers, um, because they're, how do you define a micro influencer? So for us in between somebody that's in between like 5,000 and 15,000 followers, is that, uh, how do you, yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of, a lot of different things. I mean, I've heard even under 50,000 as a micro. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I didn't know if you were going down as low as five to, but yeah, I think it just depends on if they're engaged. If the audience is actually seems very engaged, mm-hmm. that's yeah. key. Yeah, uh, right, right. Uh, but generally, you know, they're a lot easier to work with and they don't mm-hmm. require some type of financial compensation. Usually if they love mm-hmm. a product, you know, they'll endorse it. Um, mm-hmm. So working with smaller 
influencers, I think can be a game changer for pretty much any type of business, but it has to be the right Mm -hmm. influencer. It has to be the right Mm -hmm. platform, the right messaging. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. influencer also has to have the right audience. So I think that when you tie in that campaign or piggyback Mm -hmm. it off of your publicity campaign, I really do think it can move the needle in terms of brand awareness. Um, maybe not sales so much because publicity and influencer marketing really shouldn't be used as the only conduit to get sales. In my experience, mm-hmm. um, you kind of need to have a whole marketing suite in order to, yeah. sell like you to said, somebody. the funnel and all mm-hmm. of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. Cause if you get, if you get someone to your website or to your social media, but you have nothing to do with, they can't, they don't know where to go, what to do. They're gone. Exactly. 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 (laughs) So, right. If you don't have your points of engagement, you know, your top, middle, bottom of the funnel, it's just, you know, gone before you even get to know who they are. So I think that once you have, you know, your whole marketing funnel in place um, and you're running simultaneously or consecutively, you know, your influencer marketing campaign off the back of your publicity campaign, I really do think that you can build huge awareness, have huge mm-hmm. reach, um, mm-hmm. and really build your thought leadership. But again, mm-hmm. they, they have to be aligned. The messaging has to be aligned and it has to be the right targeted media and the right targeted influencers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could talk about this ad nauseum till tomorrow morning, but yeah, I'm just yeah. going to stop there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that. I, I think that it's, it's interesting because I don't know that, um, people that, that, like you said, a lawyer, like certain people may not have thought about influencer marketing. Cause a lot of times you think of beauty products or like a water bottle or something like that. Right. Fashion. Like, yeah. Fashion. Yeah. You're not really thinking like, Oh, you know, or, or even like a workout, you look at workout people and like, Oh, they endorse Peloton or whatever it may be. So very, very interesting. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but and you have to just, as a side note, you know, something as obscure as a poetry book. A couple of years ago, we had a client that released his first book of poetry and mm-hmm. we used book talk and we use Instagram to actually sell the book and it worked. Hmm. What's book poetry talk? book? Um, book talk is a community of book lovers and okay book influencers on TikTok, but they call it book talk. Uh, they book generally talk. only do uh, like fiction or poetry, yeah, or, yeah. you know, very seldom okay. they do nonfiction. Yeah. But I guess again, just like you said, know your audience and know mm-hmm. if you're going to work with an influencer or a group like that, know their audience. I think that for me, I feel like the biggest takeaway, cause I agree with you when you're talking about the, the cause I, my first, um, job, I was doing marketing and PR for a financial services firm in, um, New York. One of the reasons I left the job is cause I was like, we're not curing cancer, but they just feel like this is so important. And I've got to sit here till midnight for the most ridiculous story. And I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. I need like some work life balance. Yeah. But, but yeah, if you were curing cancer, you'd be like, I'll stay till midnight. <laughs> Right, of course, so I'll important. stay till tomorrow. <laughs> right, yeah. But so um, I feel like the, things have really changed because I remember when I started, you know, you really just, you start out as a, a very junior level and um, everyone always said before you work in-house, they always want agency experience because you mm-hmm. had to know, you had to have grit. You had to be able to get in there and pitch and sell, 
really sell anything that that kind of is lost because they're just the spray and pray method right. um, that it's, it is very, yeah, it's, it's, it makes it hard for the other side. It makes it hard for like me with a podcast and um, you spoke Perfect with example. Natasha on my team and it just makes, yeah, basically before you got on here, Natasha spoke to you to make sure that our, that, you know, you understood what the podcast was about. Cause you would be amazed that people don't, they don't care. You're like, I, my job is to produce a good podcast. And if you come on my show and you don't care, it may not air. And that's another thing. Can we talk about that? Like if yeah. you go in there and you don't give good talking points, you don't make a point, the journalists, the podcast hosts, they may not publish it or air it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I've known plenty of people, colleagues and peers, you know, that have great high ranks podcasts and I, you know, in casual conversations, they're like, yeah, you know, so I had this interview with so-and-so and they were so boring. They were so low energy, mm. you know, they didn't give me anything. So I'm actually just going to scrap that. And I'm like, yeah. mm, you know, but usually before any of our clients end up doing any type of podcast or any type of broadcast interview, I will sit with them and say, these are the three things that you want to discuss. These are the three anecdotes. And these are the three takeaways that you want to leave with the audience. Mm -hmm. And whether it's, you know, a 60 second segment or, you know, a 60 minute segment. Um, mm -hmm. So as a PR person, it's also my job to make sure that our clients are giving really good interviews. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a lot of what we do as well. Once we do onboard clients, if, podcasts and TV and radio are actually part of the larger PR strategy. I'll sit with them and make sure that they're well-versed and they're trained appropriately mm -hmm. and know how to answer questions in a very succinct way. I always tell people like, yeah, just get out there and start creating videos and do this other stuff. Cause that's your time to like, those are your training wheels. Mm -hmm. Make your mistakes then yep. when you have no audience and you don't have, yeah, because you don't want to mess up when it actually really matters. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So you have to have your, your, you know, your, your, yeah. For my clients, we always start out with Q and A's and things like that, doing Q and A's. And we, we basically see, watch the Q and A's and we're just kind of like, you got this. We do like the training, media training. We're like, make your point, know your thing backwards, forwards. I always say backwards, forwards, upside down, doing a handstand. Yep. Any way they come at you, be able to answer your question. If they want to get you off topic, you get them back to topic, mm -hmm. not in a bad way. But if um, I have had people try to get me to say things that I wasn't going to say, really? they want me. To, yeah. Yes. So I've definitely had that happen. I basically, it was a, it was someone from a very well-known um, you know, journalist reached out to me and they basically wanted me to tell them that because there was some story about some young startup founder who they basically all tons of money was put into his personal brand. Mm -hmm. And then basically he sold the company and walked and all of the focus went with him, not the business oh, that they just wow. bought. Okay. So they wow. said, so that basically they wanted me to say personal branding was bad. And I go, no, because he wasn't tied to the brand of the business. That's what you did wrong. Mm -hmm. If he was, if he was part of the business, if he was branding and talking about the business and how the business was great, the business would have had some of that. The, he, he would have left with some of the juice. There's no, there's no way to get around that. That's part of, part of personal branding. That's part of the benefit of someone doing their personal brand. But if right. you 
if the CEO or whoever it is talk about the business and the benefit of the business through their personal brand, then so some of that will stick with the business. So anyway, she wanted me to say that, that yes, oh, personal branding is bad. I'm like, why would I ever say that? Yeah, I know. You're just going to, you know, spite, you know, spite yeah. your nose to, I forget how that yeah, yeah. saying to goes. Cut, to cut your nose to spite your face. Your face. Yes, that's it. Yes. So yeah. uh, no, I mean, that's, that's just. Um, so that, but that's another thing that people need to be prepared for is if someone does call on you, even if it's huge, you don't stick to your guns because obviously that would have been bad press for me. That would have not been good if I would have said, yeah, what I do is, is bad. Yeah. Why would I ever say that? Exactly. No, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm absolutely yeah. with you. So this has been like a really fun conversation. It's been fun because like we kind of, a lot, a lot of the same things that we do kind of like, you know, uh, work together. We learn, we've, I've had a lot of the same experiences. So it's really, I find it fun to be able to talk about some of these things. I'm like, oh my God, me too. I've had the same experience. So it was so fun to talk to you about all of this, Kristen. It's been a Likewise. great pleasure to have you on. So Thank you so where, much. Yeah. So where can people find out more about you? Where can they connect with you? So two places, one company. <laughs> um, I think I own every Morke domain <laughs> out there, but right now it's Marque company, uh, Marque company, And the other one is femfounder.co. Very great. And those will be in the description box and show notes. So you can okay. just go there and click on those and learn more about Kristen and get, and get those links. Um, Kristen, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to connect today. Yeah, same. And thank you for listening and watching. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.